What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me, as always, it's the David Spade to my Chris Farley. It's Jake. Hey, man, does uh, this shirt make my make me look fat? No, but your face does. How you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Pretty cold. It was a it was a chilly one today. Well, I wasn't out in a field, but uh, when I was out and about today. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty comfortable in my hoodie. Oh, well, that's good. Sleeves rolled up. It was nice. nice. I was uh, I was over by grain bins and like when you're around them, it's just like uh, wind tunnels mm-hmm. wherever they are. And this like where I'm at now, it's like all grain bins. So it's just winds hitting you every which way. How how is the harvest going? Because we're recording at a reasonable time this week. Slow, but we got beans done, so it's now just corn. And actually, your uncle's gonna come help tomorrow you know i i wasn't gonna say it on, on air but uh yeah i my mom and my aunt came to town today so i was i was hanging out with them today and, oh, nice. and they, they told me that my uncle was gonna drive a semi for you so yeah he's, he's starting off with the auger cart because where we're at right now you can move from auger cart to the semi our stationary semi mm-hmm. and once we get all those filled up he's gonna be doing going back and forth we got another person doing auger cart and yeah so hopefully that hey. speeds things up. It's better than my grandpa doing it. I was feeling bad for him because he's 93 and he was having trouble getting in and out of the semis. Right. Well, you know, I'd, I'm glad that, that my uncle can help you out. We got a, we got some real small town wholesomeness on yep. the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we'll get into the news. I apologize if my voice is a little off. I'm recovering from a very nasty cold ad over the weekend, but at least at least my voice is back to normal. Like a day or two ago, my voice was like four octaves lower and I kind of sounded like Johnny Cash, which was pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, we, we should have done the podcast then. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, the news, um, we're about even Stevens, but I'll, I'll start off with the, the silly one. Casey, have you ever thought to yourself, I want to own the entire cover and complete story of a John Romita Jr. action comics issue. No. (laughs) Okay. Me either. But it is up for auction right now if you want to buy it. I guess uh, what's the starting bid? Well, the current bid is $3,600. Oh, wow. I figured it'd be more, honestly. Not me, because I think it's dog cheeks, but you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's like, I'm not a fan of it, but he does have a following. Oh, I know he does. So I figured that that would be a good bit of money still going, you know. I mean, it, it could be, the, the bidding could be young, you know. I don't know how much time yeah. is left, but I think his action comics run was so bad. But mm-hmm. anyway, if anybody's interested, it's up for grabs yeah well maybe you get for the shop and just kind of have it have it like front and center no sir (laughs) (laughs) okay so i have i have some like dumb news like i I didn't know this was a thing until i saw it on twitter like right before we got on but g fest is making a new rule that they won't allow any the sale of any copyrighted character an artist alley so like if the artist made prints so like even if matt frank who's pretty well known and you know he's like 
he's bringing in the money when he's at G-Fest. They're not, they're, they won't allow him to do any of his Godzillas, any of his, to- you know, any of that stuff. Unless he has the, you know, Toho giving him like uh, what they put, what is temporary licensing for it. Meaning he has to give Toho a percentage of what he makes. I'm assuming so. Like they said, oh yeah, you can contact Toho and see if you can, you know, work something out where you get temporary license. So like these artists that were making money from this are just like, yeah, we're not going to it now because we can't afford to fly out there and then be like, hey, look at my original character that I drew. You want a picture? Like, <laughs> not I a mean, thing. Does G does the G Fest people just want their show to die? Because that's how you make it die. Yeah, it's just like you're. It's just gonna become the showroom full of toys. That's what it's gonna turn into. You're gonna lose all of the artists. Now, not having been to a G Fest personally, uh. Was the artist alley a pretty big part of that show? I mean, it was for some people. I hated it because so like when we go to C2E2, it's like an actual convention center. This one's like a hotel's convention center where it's I don't know if you've ever been to like a wedding at a hotel or you know, where it's like, oh yeah, there's this one main room that can be broken up into like two rooms, but and there's all these other little rooms throughout. And it's like that. And artist alley was put into a separate little room. So you had like tables, like it was just like a like one to maybe one and a half people wide hall, like hallway between tables and tables. Yeah. And then you had to just kind of go all the way around. And it was it's terrible. And I hate it. I was like, I went in, got my like some red man stuff for Matt Frank and a print for Matt Frank. And then I was like, see ya. And I left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound great. Well, um, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully G Fest gets their poop in a group. Like, are they getting sued by Toho or? I don't know what the reasoning is at all. Like, it, nothing really came out from what I saw. That it just sounded like some weird thing that the dude that runs it was coming up with. So, right, yeah. it's just a, a bad idea in general. Yeah, totally agree. Then they need to just like change Godzilla's coloring a little bit on all their prints and like do that type of thing where it's like, no, no, this is lordzilla and then gamma it's like no no this is uh marmara <laughs> like is these are original characters look at their coloring that godzilla looks like this so here here's like a real nerdy godzilla question because i i know that Ghidorah is sometimes called ghidra is that still toho or is that someone else yeah well because the reason why he gets called Ghidra from everything I've always understood it's mostly just because of the dubbing it's same with Angerus and Anguilus like I I grew up with Anguilus in the dubbing that I grew up in and then like everyone's like no it's Angerus <laughs> like get yeah. it right so it's okay. just it's more of like what you grew up dubbing wise that's why like I call King Ghidorah King Ghidorah King Ghidra Ghidra Monster Zero you know all that nonsense it's right just, I just didn't know if it was a thing where they could be like, oh, no, it's not Ghidorah, it's Ghidra. But I, I guess mean, that they, could be the same they, thing. <laughs> they probably could if they wanted to. I think, I mean, I would just try to look into loopholes like that if I was if I was artistic at all. I would just be like, yeah, no, guys, this is, uh, I was going to say Mega Man, but I'm like, that's a character too. We can't do that. <laughs> Rock Man. <laughs> all right. So 
this this is like really vague and i i don't i wish i had more info on it but uh the shop got an email from lunar saying that uh that some changes are coming up to uh the dc discounts that that stores get and they didn't say who it would be happening to or what the changes would be but hopefully it doesn't affect mine negatively um yeah I mean, I'm sure it would be just like a five or 10% difference, but hopefully it's nothing I have to worry about because I like where my discounts at with DC right now. Um, but, you know, that could be a problem for some other people. So we'll see. That's one thing that's weird. I'll, I'll always see on Twitter where people will talk about how like their comic book shop still uses Diamond instead of Lunar for their DC stuff and how like... They can't. They can't. Okay, because they were talking about how like Diamond crapped the bed on like one of their Superman books at you know the Tom Taylor Superman books that were coming out. Like I hope they don't do it again. And I was just like, well, why would they stick with Diamond anyway? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you order like a Dynamic Forces like signed, because I got one this week of a I got Joker number one signed by James Tynan, and it comes with a little like certificate of authenticity. That still comes from Diamond because it's a DC book that Dynamic Forces has James Tynan sign, and then Diamond distributes that. I so you. I don't know if maybe maybe it was one of those yeah. or what, but uh, yeah. Otherwise, I just don't see how that's possible. Right on. All right, and then uh, so this is like the stupidest thing. I, I don't think anyone can like. I think you could be excited about it but it's still the dumbest thing tomorrow. Sony is doing a uh, release for the Spider-Man trailer. It's a live event in LA for a trailer. Okay. Like you you go to the event and watch a trailer that can also be put up on YouTube immediately after. That's the way it sounds. Like, do they at least get to see it before it goes up on YouTube? Maybe. You're probably going to get swag, I guess, I'm guessing. Maybe Tom Holland shows up for it. It'd be hilarious if it was, like, the people that weren't invited to the movie to be in the movie. So it was, like, um, <laughs> MJ, the original Aunt May, um, Emma Stone. Well. Maybe, maybe you're calling it right here. <laughs> uh, what, oh, who's the dude that played Rhino? That's a really good actor. Uh, what's his name? Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. He's there. <laughs> that dude, would be the, awesome, honestly. Dude, there was a uh, Gethard show where <laughs> they had a big dumpster on set and they're just like, guess what's in the dumpster? That was the whole thing. <laughs> and so then like, I, I I don't like I want people to watch it. So like spoiler alert to Chris Gethard show from years ago. But <laughs> it's like people are guessing and someone guessed like, is it Spider-Man? And you know, all this other all this other stuff. And then it's nothing other than at the very end, someone said, like, I think it's Toby Maguire, because we were close with Spider-Man. And then finally Paul Giamatti bursts out of the, <laughs> the dumpster. He's like, Yes, it's Toby Maguire. <laughs> 
Paul Giamatti had nothing better to do than to sit in this dumpster for an entire well, like, show. I, I guess he saw the show and he liked it, so he approached Gethard about being on the show, and so that's what they did. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. I bet Gethard felt like a superstar after that. Dude, I mean, he had uh, Puff Daddy on there on because like he did the stage show and he had him on there and then after this because he like got enough people like being like oh we want him on the Gethard stage show and so then like he just showed up and he's like the people wanted it it happened <laughs> and like he had a great time and he was just like hey if you ever need anything I got your back and so then like <laughs> they had they were gonna have like someone on the show and they canceled last minute so like he got a hold of puff daddy and he p diddy showed up and he like was like i can only do 30 minutes it's an hour long and he's like can you like do something you know for the other 30 minutes because all i got is 30 minutes he's like we can get this to work he's like okay good <laughs> that's amazing good for him good for yeah. gethard it made me like p diddy a lot more too because i was like that's because he was like an insane person on the show too because he was just like yeah because this show is insane so i'm feeding off this crazy energy <laughs> right <laughs> um all right moving along you know do with this info what you will casey all but right. uh but somebody asked kirsten dunst would you be open to returning as mary jane again and in, in spider-man movies and she said she'd be up for it i don't see that that will ever ever occur but maybe it will. And if that's the case, what do you think about that? Uh, I, I'm fine with it. Like, I'll be honest. I think, especially when you go back and like, kind of look at the way that her Mary Jane was written. I'm not going to say portrayed hundred percent. How it was written in the Sam Raimi, Raimi verse. She was a bad person. A lot of the time, in my opinion, being like, yeah, Hey Pete flirting with Pete. And then like dating his best friend, and then being like, Pete, do you love me? And then he's like, oh, I just can't. And, you know, she knows that he's Spider-Man. And she's like, well, I'm going to go <laughs> bone this other guy and get married. <laughs> and then be like, last minute, changing my mind. It's just like, geez, MJ. Yeah. You're kind of terrible. <laughs> but I mean, if like, this is like older MJ, that's kind of like settled down and stopped all the terribleness and accepted, you know, peter parker for being spider-man yeah i'm all about that that'd be great yeah i know a lot of people hated her as mary jane but man i used to just have such a crush on her i thought she was so pretty uh so i'm like yeah why not let her come back having not uh not remembered how terrible of a character she was until yeah, so, just now <laughs> someone laid all the stuff out I'm like but I, again, it's not, I, I think she's very charming. Like I think, and she's can be very likable. It's so I think, yeah, I think she'd be great, but I personally want her to come back for more Hank, the cow dog adventures on, you know, podcast form, but yeah. I don't know if that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so my last bit of news, we had Disney plus day, like a couple days ago. I don't remember when, but uh, they like got new nameplates for all the different shows. So like some of them look pretty cool. Uh, and we also got some new shows. I'm going to try to find the nameplates really, real quick. Okay. So we got X-Men 97. They're bringing that back. We got a uh, new moon. I think the moon Knight one's kind of the same. 
Uh, She-Hulk, this is kind of got like a little side thing. It looks pretty neat. Ms. Marvel, What If Season 2, Echo, Spider-Man, Freshman Year, I Am Groot, Ironheart, Agatha, House of Harkness, Marvel Zombies, and Secret Invasion. And then we got some like promo pictures from Secret Invasion, like Nick Fury looking kind of scraggly and he doesn't have his eye patch on. And then our uh, Spider-Man freshman year, I'm going to read what this is, the synopsis for this. Sounds kind of interesting. So this is the official synopsis. It follows Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU with a journey unlike we've ever seen and a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. Uh, Jeff Trammell, known for Disney's Amphibia and the Owl House and Cartoon Network's Craig of the Creek will serve as head writer and executive producer of this new animated project. Now, at the time, no other details are known. So, it could be pretty good. I've seen a little bit of Craig the Creek, and it's um, fine. So, yeah, might be okay. might be okay. I hope that it is. Maybe we'll get Kirsten Dunst to be uh, Aunt May in that one. <laughs> since, she, since Aunt May keeps getting younger. No kidding. Um... So which of those are you most excited for? She Hulk more than likely, even though like in the, cause we also like, we got the little trailer for that. And in the trailer, the, the CG is not the best. And it also seems like it probably takes place before um, in game. Cause Hulk's in it and he doesn't have his arm in a sling. And Spoiler alert for Shang-Chi, but or Shang-Chi after credits, he's in that as Bruce Banner and his arm's still in a sling. So everyone's kind of pointing at this, meaning it's in between endgame. So we might get to see kind of how Hulk gained control. And he's might be using that, you know, for Jen. All right. Uh and, I also oh, wait. I- Mm-hmm. Really quick, what do you think of the Moon Knight trailer and the Ms. Marvel trailer? Since we got those also. In well, real the quick, I, yeah, th- this is continuing off your She-Hulk thing. Oh, okay, cool. um, I think it's kind of inexcusable for any of this Marvel stuff for the CG to be lacking. They yeah. have infinite money. <laughs> so if the CG doesn't look good, then what's the what's the excuse there? I mean, I get, I can get, I get it because it's a TV show versus a yeah, movie. But they're, you know, it's all connected. It's all the same, man. <laughs> Still, though, it's like, I don't expect anything better than the CW. And I still think the CD in this looks better than the CW. It's just still doesn't look good. Right. I'm going to say early CW, too, by the way, like Gorilla Grodd in the first season of Flash CW uh, CW, because I didn't see the later stuff. So it might have gotten a lot better since then. But yeah, I mean, I can deal with not great CG. I don't really care about it. It's just like if people complain about it, it's like it's Disney. Come on. Yeah. Mickey Mouse money. Those Mickey dollars. If if they were going to use a dumb She-Hulk, they should have just got like brook ints done the lou frigno type of thing instead you know yeah because like as far as looking like she hulk brook ints looks like she hulk she's a she's a crossfitter if you don't know you can google her and be like oh dang she does look like she hulk it's too bad that she's had to have her spine fused five times and she's only 30 
That is unfortunate. <laughs> what, you, what happens when you do CrossFit? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, regarding the other two, like with She-Hulk, the Miss Marvel one, I mean, it's like 20 seconds. We really don't yeah. get much. It looks like it could be a charming coming-of-age superhero tale. That kind of um, misses the point of the original. I I mean, I'll be honest. I have never read Miss Marvel. I've only read her in other things, but it's still like I've always heard the original story. And I was like, oh, that sounds actually really smart. And then the, this one, and like, so I know the point. And it's like, this is like them going, we've missed the point completely, but we don't care because we want money. I mean, if they keep doing this, maybe maybe enough people speak up and say, hey, quit ruining our favorites. You know what I and mean? Disney will be like, quit spending the money on it then, and maybe we'll think about it. <laughs> yep. But that ain't happening. Nope. And then Moon Knight. Um, I, I said this to you before the show, but I don't I don't really like his Moon Knight voice. It's like he's trying to do a Batman voice. But I don't know. It just it doesn't sound like that menacing or anything. And, he, and the words that he's saying are supposed to be menacing. Um, but, you know, other than that, I still don't think we get that much out of it. No, I mean, I like what we saw of the costume. It, you know, but like, yeah, as far as uh, anything else, it's just kind of like whatever. Uh I mean, I don't know if any of these are going to actually make me want to get Disney Plus. <laughs> but it, you know, could be I cool. I mean, the ones the ones that have come out so far, dude, I think are, are worth it. Honestly. I mean, that's what I've heard, but I, I liked WandaVision. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, it's like, man, another streaming service. I wish we just had like some like direct television that could go right into my house and i didn't have to keep worrying about all of these streaming services i could just get all the channels oh well anyway what were so what do you think the the x-men one is then oh it's uh it's a continuation from the cartoon so it's animated Mm -hmm. okay I mean, like that. I mean, that really doesn't need to be a thing. No, but I think the didn't the original series kind of end on a cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, are are the are the voice actors coming back? I don't know. It's that's one of those series where it's like I should have just not ever tried to rewatch it because God, that animation was bad. It was, but that theme song was sure rad, rad as heck. Oh yeah, like. I'll have to try to do this in the editing. Someone on YouTube did the X-Men theme song with lyrics. I think I sent it to you once before, but it is the best. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's decent. I'm not opposed because I like that team and I liked the show a lot. So, you know, if, if it's like with anything, if it's done right, we'll be excited for it. I just hope, and this is like not even trying to be funny, but I hope they don't try to be like, boy, these costumes look pretty 90s. Let's try to update them. 
And it's like, no, just leave them how it is. Who cares yeah. if Jean's wearing a mask that doesn't have a face, yeah, that has the face hole cut all the way out for some reason. Right. I, I would imagine they would keep it the same. You'd think so. Because it's got the best Cyclops costume, hands down. Like, the only person that looks stupid is Jean. Right. Like, I don't know what what Jim Lee was smoking when he came up with that that costume idea. I don't know, but they did that stupid face mask with several characters, and it I never know. looked good on any of them. That's not true. Gambit. Okay, well... Gambit's one of those anything characters. looks good on Gambit. Yeah, he's one of those characters that's just like, yeah, he can make anything look cool, even smoking cigarettes. Oh, wait, that always looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll move on to the rest of mine. Um, right. So Donnie Cates promises a four versus Hulk crossover fight in 2022 that will be the most violent, gory, crazy fight marvel has ever published cool yeah it's kind of what i thought it's like yeah it's gonna look pretty neat uh i i don't know Uh, the story's gonna have to be good for for me to care like i want to know why they're fighting yeah i mean I'm going to check out his Hulk. His Thor has been good enough for me to think mm-hmm. that, yeah, this will probably be like a fun fight. Um, but yeah, he, he was talking and he said that every time he has a meeting with like Marvel higher ups and pitches what he wants to do in this fight, he like pushes the envelope a little more each meeting just to see what they'll finally say no to. And he was like, they haven't said no yet. So it's like, okay, I mean, let's, let's see what you got. We know he's going to get an amazing, you know, uh, artist team to tackle this. So it's going to look cool no matter what. Yeah. Um, And then finally, Carnage is getting a one shot followed by a new ongoing series for his 30th birthday. And it's going to be called Carnage Forever. Uh, that'll be the one shot, which will be an anthology comic, of course, uh, with contributions from Philip Kennedy Johnson, Ram V, Tide Templeton, Edgar Salazar, and more. That will be out in February. Then in March is when the new ongoing starts. Um, not sure who the ongoing creative team is on that, uh, but also. It's it's no surprise, but shame on Marvel for being like, here's an $8 book in February and then new number one in March, and they're both going to be expensive. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Uh, but anyway, if you like any of those creators and or Carnage, you know, check that out. I think since it's his 30th birthday, they need to start being like, well, it's time you start acting less 90s and, you know, we age you up. <laughs> make you a little bit more and he's like paying taxes and you know other unfun things uh, that's what i want to read <laughs> carnage is just like he's just like oh, how am i gonna afford this <laughs> <laughs> so something that was kind of neat really quick because this mm-hmm. is a, a twitter thing that i saw philip kennedy johnson he tweeted 
about um you remember that girl in future state that his action comics was kind of all about yeah so she was a like originally his original plan was he was going to have her be the girl in all-star superman that uh, i think reagan is her name the one that was going to commit suicide but then he was like i needed someone that clark kent would have saved not superman so i couldn't use her but i want to use her in the future which I was like, I even tweeted, I'm like, dude, if you keep doing stuff like this, you're going to quickly become one of my favorite writers. So you just better cut it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> Stop I got it. enough favorites. <laughs> that's awesome. That would be such a cool callback. Yeah, I agree. Because it's like everyone that's read that book, that's like their favorite part because it's such an awesome part. So it's like Superman's in good hands. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. That's the end of the news slash our rabbit hole ramblings. So we'll take our ad break now and then we'll come back for the hour man, one hour comics talk spectacular. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back. If you want some education on uh, what farmers do sometimes in the middle of the night, still working the field. <laughs> I tried to make that sound mysterious. Yeah, I thought it uh, sounded kind of sexy. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, then, you know, go check out the old YouTube. We, we, we got plenty of Midwest farmers education going on over there. And that's just Two Worlds podcast on YouTube. We're going to make a sister podcast about farming. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be mostly Casey. It's gonna be we're gonna call it a uh, Jake Deer instead <laughs> of John Deer. <laughs> All right, Casey, what comic books did you read this week? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, so the Amazing Spider-Man number seventy-eight, Superman versus Lobo, book two, Stillwater issue eleven. Black Manta, number three of six. Regarding the matter of Oswald's body, number one. <laughs> Don't know why I said it like that. What's the furthest, furthest place from here? Number one. The Joker, number nine. Maze Book, number three. The Thing, number one. Justice League, number seven. And Action Comics, 1036. What about you? I read Wonder Woman 781. Justice League Last Ride 7. Maze book number three, Action Comics 1036, The Joker number nine, The Thing number one, and Robin and Batman number one. Well, dang, this is a, the shoes on the other foot today, I, I must say. You, so you didn't get Robin and Batman? No, I was going to, but I was like, I like Lemire. You I should like Dustin. have. You but should how many, have. How many times can we hear this story? But now I feel like a dummy. And plus, you've heard my pack, my stack. I, pack I, know. Stack. I know but man it was it was really good I, I hope you you reconsider all right man well i'm gonna start with old amazing spider-man number 78 and this is by kelly thompson and with sarah pacelli and jim toe on the art and last week i kind of complained because this story seemed out of nowhere but this is this was actually a lot of fun P, or, uh, ben fought morbius and then like he chased, you know, Morbius chased him to where Ben's headquarters is. And the uh, 
security system actually blows Morbius' arms off or one of his arm off, and so then like Ben got his blood sucked. So then he's gonna have to get antitoxin and whatnot, and then they were gonna send Misty and um, oh, what's her name? What's Misty's friend's name? Colleen. Yeah, Colleen Wing out because they're like their team too, basically. And then, you know, they capture Morbius and uh, old Monica Rambeau shows up. And then somehow Ben Riley, like they, they showed Ben Riley like in the hospital getting better, but they don't show him actually like waking up. And then it's just like cuts to Ben Riley and his girlfriend leaving a movie. They just had a date while Colleen and Missy were fighting Morbius. And like that jump did not work for me, but everything else in this issue actually did. That was a lot of fun. And then one part that I liked, um, since Pete's still in the hospital, Black Cat comes in and she's like, you know, like, oh, Pete, like, get, you know, come on, you can, you can get better. And then his finger starts moving and MJ shows up and she's like, oh, I better leave. And MJ is like, no, I mean, this is the first time he's moved since he's been in here. Like, this is great. So, but you should probably change out of your Black Cat gear and just, you can come sit with me. Then as she leaves, she's like, how many more? She's like, come on, come on, Tiger. Like, how many more of your ex-girlfriends have to come in here before you wake up? And I was like, well, I bet if Gwen showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but Oh, you're terrible. Yeah, but I mean, I actually really like this issue. I mean, I have a feeling I'm going to have, like, complaints when the, you know, the other creative team takes over, like, next issue or whatever. I'll be like what why where's the craven the hunter stuff like what happened there what's going on but is isn't this the one that you didn't like last time yeah that's what i'm saying it's like every second issue of their runs i'm like i really like i like this one and then i'll be like what is going on right i didn't mean to hit this but so yeah i'm gonna give it a i'm feeling an eight honestly i liked it but starting off strong yeah like it was it was good well go ahead and take another Okay, so Superman v. Lobo. And this is by Timmy Seeley and Sarah Beatty writing it. And then Mirka and Dolpha doing the art. And the art is pretty fantastic. The story itself, I was just kind of eh, with. It's pretty silly. It's pretty funny. And, you know, like that's what it's really trying for. But the jokes just didn't always hit for me. So like this is a very subjective type thing where it's like, yeah. You might really think it's hilarious, but I really didn't. But uh, Superman's mom bones Lobo a lot. So that's a fun thing that you get to read. She was undercover. And so then like there's a part where like, oh, yeah, you you did these terrible, terrible things. And she's like, yeah, I did. And I don't care. Like It's like, I, I you know, she talked about like, oh, it was long and hard. And, you know, like this type of thing. It was pretty funny. She was I'm I implanted the parasite into the clone's DNA profile and he's like and then where does it go oh I I mean I'm trying to find it without having to spend the whole time looking it up oh Jorrell it has been my greatest honor to serve Krypton beside you by any means required or any length (laughs) gosh (laughs) like that's that's stuff from the canon I didn't really need Actually, it's not really canon because this is out of continuity. But yeah, so it's 
it's like a, it's silly it's i didn't like this issue as much as the other one because it's just like the other one had like kind of topical funny humor and this one's just like them trying to be funny humor if that makes sense and i think the topical made it a little bit funnier than what this one did that's just my opinion but yeah i'm gonna give it probably a six out of ten it's perfectly fine the art's good and the story itself is fine it's just one more of those right i don't know i've it this i don't know and i will say not not to dunk on tamaki um at least we get lobo in this it's pretty <laughs> nice <laughs> all right i'll talk about wonder woman number 781 uh, this is written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. And the art was done by Marcio Takara. So, Casey, the first thing I'm going to say about this book is... You love the art. I love the art. It is so, so good. Um, now, you, now, really quick, do you think he's going to remember that you know he ever drew Wonder Woman? I don't know. That, no, that wasn't him, was it? That was. Uh, I thought it was. No, that was. Oh, what was his name? Talent Caldwell. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, my bad. Yeah, but anyway, that was funny. That was funny, <laughs> and honestly disappointing. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so Wonder Woman is uh, meeting up with, um, her friend Etta at a candy, and. Uh, they're having lunch and they look up at the TV screen and Dr. Psycho is on the TV promoting his new book that he wrote. And Wonder Woman's like, what is he doing alive? Cause he, he was in the whole like Asgard stuff. Um, and she's like, and also why isn't he in prison and why is he promoting a book? Uh, so she goes and confronts him and he's like, he basically says, don't mess with me or I'm just going to start making like random construction workers like jump off their buildings they're working on and stuff like that. He's like, you can't save them all, so don't mess with me. And he goes away. Then she goes and meets up with uh, good old Boston brand, the dead man. And she's like, hey, uh, I've got Siegfried's sword here and I don't feel right having it. I want to like lay it to rest with his body. Can you tell me where his body is or like what's left of his body? And dead man does. So he's like, yeah, I can take you to it. I have to go with you though, because I can feel where it's like about where it's at. But as we get closer, I'll be able to pinpoint where it's at. So he's like, it's all Wonder Woman and dead man back together again, which I'm always fine with because they're a really fun pair. Uh, and he's like, he's currently living in this random house somewhere in New England, just like inside an actual cadaver's body. You can see uh, like the, the cut marks <laughs> from the autopsy, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and then like a weird fake Wonder Woman shows up at Steve Trevor's and tries to kill him and he like shoots her because she's trying to kill him and she like shatters and it's like i don't know this weird glass stuff so he's like what the heck is going on there 
And then it cuts to Wonder Woman and Dead Man who are taking like a commercial flight to one of the Scandinavian countries. And Diana looks out the window and there's like a handful of these fake Wonder Woman outside the plane flying next to it. And that's where it ends. So there's all sorts of fun stuff going on here. Like we get Dead Man uh, and like a fun... Let's bury the sword with the the Viking warrior. We have Dr. Psycho up to something shady. And we've got some fake glass Wonder Woman running around trying to kill people. So there's some fun stuff happening. Uh, You know, the last couple issues I was kind of growing cool on, but this has wrote me right back in, especially with Marcio Takara on the art. He is one of my favorites. So yeah, this one is a very strong eight for me, and I'm excited for the next issue. So really, though, what you're saying is you don't want a Wonder Woman book. You want a Dead Man book. (laughs) I mean, just give me like a Brave and the Bold featuring Wonder Woman and Dead Man. Okay, nice. Make it like a maxi series. I'd be I'd be reading that. Yeah. All right. So next for me is going to be Stillwater number 11. This is with Ramon K. Perez on the art and Chip Zdarsky writing. And yeah, I mean, I. I like it a lot. You have the main character still stuck in this town. They're not really like the the little kid that's running the town now is a crazy person because he's, you know, an adult in a child's body. And, you know, that's not going to end well. And he's trying to lead this and a lot of stuff's going on. And there's some death and a big kind of crazy thing happens at the end. This book just reads so quick. And then at the end, you always get like five things from boom so it doesn't feel like you get much for this book because it's like all of this like this is all just at you know advertisements for other books yeah so it's just you know i'm like oh yeah this is getting good i'm like oh it's over (laughs) but i liked it i mean i'm excited for the next one i was on the edge of my seat the whole time yeah nothing really bad to say nothing that really kind of made me like you know like some of these other books i read this week were just better that's how it kind of boils down you know so i'm gonna give this an eight out of ten but i I did like it and then next i'll talk about black manta (sighs) like like there's some cool stuff about this book and it's by uh chuck brown and matthew dow smith on the art i like the art okay the story it's got some really neat things going on but I don't know if this is like a newer writer and this is the issue, but it just is not clear with the jumping around the characters that it shows all this stuff. It kind of does things that in my opinion, aren't done very well. And so, yeah. And then like they build up this Amazon's like crazy. She came out from the dead and then like she gets beat up pretty easy. So it's just like, Oh, Okay. Gave us a lot of buildup for that, but whatever. And yeah, I'll, I'm interested in the next issue. I'm still like invested, but yeah, this is just, I don't know. Like, I think if I'm assuming this writer is a newer writer. So when like a couple of years from now and they're doing their next story, it's going to be a lot better. I have a feeling. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a six out of 10. All right. 
Uh, I'll do Robin and Batman because it's the only one I have left that we didn't read together. It was written by Jeff Lemire and the art and colors were done by Dustin Gwynn. Um, So yeah, as Casey kind of stated, it is like fresh when Bruce Wayne adopted uh, Dick Grayson and he is going out for the first time, his very first outing is Robin. And, you know, things go wrong, as always. Uh, you know, Batman doesn't think he's ready. He does. Uh, what, what's special about this book, though, uh, apart from the art, which is seriously out of this world amazing, is uh, the character moments. It feels good to have Alfred in a book. Um, It's almost like Alfred should always be around. It's stupid if he's not around. So, you know, we've got Alfred trying to be a father to Bruce and, you know, say like, hey, you have a son now. You need to, you know, have some leniency. And then also Alfred uh, being sweet and trying to make Dick understand where Bruce is coming from. So. Lots of really good stuff there that you just miss having around in the normal Batman books. And then the thing that uh, one of my favorite parts that's kind of messed up (laughs) is that basically Bruce tells Dick uh, that mission didn't go well. You're not coming out with me until we have more training and I decide that you're ready. And Robin's like, this is a test. He he wants me to show that I'm determined and he wants me to go out anyway. So I'm going to tail him in this homemade Robin costume that I made and show him that I'm ready. So he follows Batman into a sewer and he hears a splash behind him. And he's like, ah, oh, Batman actually got the drop on me and he circled back around to tail me. But then he looks behind him and it's Killer Croc. And Croc's like, who are you, kid? And he's like, where'd you get that costume? And like throws him against the wall. Batman shows up and helps him. Uh, Croc runs off. And Batman, having suffering a couple broken ribs, takes Robin and goes home. And they kind of get into it. And uh, Bruce walks over to this, uh, this costume holder thing. And the window goes away. And it shows like a proper Robin costume. And Robin's like, this is my design from my journal. You read my journal. And Bruce is like, you know, he says the most Bruce thing ever. We don't keep secrets, (laughs) which of course doesn't set well at all. So Robin's like, but that journal was like all that I had that was just mine. And he, you know, gets mad and runs away. And then as, as he runs away, it shows Bruce saying, but I thought this costume was what you wanted. It was a gift. So it's like very early on in their relationship where Bruce just has no idea how to be a human being, let alone a dad. And Dick is still, you know, mourning his parents and and dealing with this new life that he lives in. So anyway, at the end, uh, it shows Croc going to an old Haley circus where apparently Croc was part of the show. He was, you know, the crocodile man. 
And then he passes a Flying Grayson's poster, which looks an awful lot like the Robin costume. And you see his eyes get wide, and that's how it ends. So it was awesome. I love this book. 10 out of 10. There was nothing that I disliked about it. Every like character moments, art, story, all great. I love it. Nice, man. I thought something really stupid. <laughs> How funny would it be if like since it's like, you know, in the past and Alfred left all that money to Dick Grace, you know, Dick and like the current books, if there's a one part where like he's sitting next to Alfred Dick is and he's like, hey, so there's this thing called Bitcoin. You should invest in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing would make this book better except <laughs> a cryptocurrency. Bitcoin, a Bitcoin yeah. reference. Yep. <laughs> okay, so next up for me is regarding the matter of Oswald's body. And this is by Christopher Cantwell and Luca Casalaguanda on the art. And so Lee Harvey Oswald's body is getting uh, dug up and they're getting, they're getting a team together to, I'm assuming, get a body that, you know, would resemble his because it, he's not actually in that grave. And so this is all just getting the team together. I was expecting a, I didn't really read what this is about, but someone said it was, it's kind of a crime book. That's how I, you know, I was like, going to check this out. And then I'm like, this is not what I wanted at all. And <laughs> so I just was not feeling it if I'm being honest, it, but it's all setting the team up and they got their team and they're going to go, get this stuff figured out and I'm never going to know what happens. Cause I'm not going to pick up the next book. I'm going to give it a four out of 10. <laughs> man, that, that sounded really good, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's probably plenty of people that'll really like it. I just was not into it at all, but spoiler alert, something I'm very much into What's the first, furthest place from here? And like, this is a girthy book. Like, I wanted to weigh it before we got on just so I could show you the weight of this versus another one for the same price. Like, look at all this comic you're getting for the same price. But I didn't. But, but yeah, so like something happened. Like, this is by um, old uh, Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg doing the storytelling. And who's doing all of the art? Is it just yeah it's Tyler Boss doing the art so yeah we got a bunch of kids living in this place and they're you know like they have these weird rules like I don't really understand what the heck is going on with all the different stuff and once you turn an adult you can't live there anymore some people say they sound like they kind of you kind of die when you turn old and all this other stuff but then like one of the people that were an adult showed back up he was he got shot. And so then they're trying to figure out what's going on. Really cool. The art in it's really nice. Like just, I just was like, just hooked the whole time. And yeah, I mean, it just, it ends with the uh, old slug. That was the adult that showed up going missing. And then this one person clearly went off to go find him. And yeah, I'm all in. I like this a lot. I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Nice. Uh, here's something frustrating about that. Um, they put out 
a special, like a deluxe version of number one that came with the seven inch vinyl record. Oh, that's cool. And I ordered one for, uh, for a customer that wanted it. And I guess diamond or whoever decided that, 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 uh, record was going to be super allocated and only sent them to who they thought should get them. And like nobody in St. Louis got it. And, uh, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it pissed a lot of people off. So let's see what happens with the second one. Yeah. That's, that's a dang shame, but the book is really good. And there's one part actually I'm going to talk, talk about because for those that know, I think it's Simon and Garfunkel know what they look like. It was hilarious because they, they have to choose a record for what they look like or not what they look like, but for whatever. And oh, got to find it because she's like, I found mine. Oh, it's John and o- uh, Hall and Oates private eye. She's like, this is my record. Like <laughs> She's like, I found my meaning is what he's like. And another dude, you know, it's like, your choice is supposed to define you. It's your everything. It's who you're going to be after you leave here. You got to choose wisely. And she's like, but that's the right one for me. And he's like, oh, yeah. Why do you choose? I don't know. They look cool. <laughs> <laughs> no one in their right mind thinks Hall and Oates look cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so really funny. That was really funny. All right. But now we are on to our books, man. Cool. So what order do you think? Since you I tell me. Oh, okay. 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 No, you, you gave, you <laughs> gave me free reign. The, the power is going to my head. Let's do justice league maze book Joker action thing. Sounds good. So justice league last ride number seven. And this was written by old Chirp Zadorksky. And uh, the art was done by uh, Miguel Mendonca. Sorry to that gentleman. Uh, but anyway, Casey, final issue of this, of this sort of series. What do you think of it? Uh, mildly let down, but uh, they had some really cool moments. What about you? I couldn't have put it any better myself. <laughs> like some of the, the character moments were cool. Obviously, uh, you know, Martian Manhunter being back was neat. But some of the things, I don't know. It's like would, this, this is spoilers, people. Would Superman actually be fine with how uh just like kind of killing dark side like he did it, but then you know how kind of pulls the pity card and, and clark's just like oh hal it's okay buddy it's all over let's go home see to me know, it's just kind of weird no see to me with um because i mean in an earlier part he also in the lamest way possible kills hank henshaw which it's like that's Hank Henshaw with Brainiac and yet C4 and Heat Vision killed him. Okay. But so that was another gripe I had. But I could 100% see Superman even being involved in killing Darkseid. I don't think that's a, that far out because Superman. Well, no, that, I mean, that's not, that's not really my complaint. It was just like the execution of it all. 
I mean, the way they killed Darkseid, I thought was lame. Right. It's 100%, just like, but here's a bunch of megabombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think anyone would ever fault Hal for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was just, yeah, it's just kind of like. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I, I thought the way they I think maybe Chip just put himself in a corner and then they're like, yeah, let's just toss a bunch of bombs at him. Right. That'll do it. <laughs> I thought it was funny that Wonder Woman cut off Lobo's head. Dude, that was the best part of the issue, hands down. She's like, <laughs> so know. we're good? The, the deal is done? Yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I really like the part. And this is like one of those parts where I'm like, yeah, this is just really, really cool. When Hal had the Justice League show up to help and it was, you know, just the constructs of the Justice League. I thought that part was really, really cool. Yeah, it was. But yeah, that's like the thing. Just cool, cool moments. But that ending was just such a letdown to me. Yeah. How would you, uh, okay, rate rate the issue and then the series? I'm probably at a seven for this issue because, like I said, it just like there, like I said, cool moments, but poor execution on the ending. What about you? I I will also say seven. I know we don't like to give the same answers, but. Uh, while some of the other issues we rated really high, the way this ended, I got it around the series as a whole, probably at about a seven. Like it, at, it's fine. I'm at about an eight, like for the whole series, because it's just like, yeah, the ending wasn't great, but there's a lot of cool stuff that happened. That was just a lot of fun, and yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad that I read it. Yeah, you know? it's not like there's been so many series where I'm like, boy, I could have just spent that money elsewhere <laughs> <laughs> okay so doing joker next right uh maze book okay so maze book and this is by jeff lemire and i liked it uh yeah he's it's just jeff lemire isn't it he's doesn't yeah just him mm-hmm. and yeah he's, he's talking to his neighbor who clearly is picking up what he's setting down but he is too obsessed with his daughter to even notice anything's being set or picked back up. <laughs> but, but like, as this goes on, like, I mean, part of me thinks he's not crazy, but part of me thinks he's a hundred percent crazy. What do you think about the book as a whole? And you know, him being maybe crazy. I like the book as a whole. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, like, is this just going to be like he accepts his daughter's death at the end? Or is she actually still alive being trapped somewhere in this maze of the city? Yeah. I mean, in this issue, like, it was really good. The plot thickens a lot. And one thing that I like, so I don't know if you did this, but at the end when he notices the grate and then he climbs down it. And I was like, he's always sleeping when he sees find stuff out about the maze, you know, like it's always like when he's about to be asleep or he wakes back up. So I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to see if there's a great. Sure enough, there is a great. Like, yeah. I don't know if you went back and checked, but I, I was did. like, I, okay, good. Cause I was like, I have to, I have to make sure. So I like that. That's a thing. And yeah, I'm a hundred percent in, in on this ride. So I'm loving it. Plus you know, the, the talking dog has ties to the neighbor. Is that coincidence? Probably. 
Uh, yeah, I like this a lot. I'm going to give this one a nine. That's where I'm at. A hundred percent. I just really enjoyed it. It's not quite perfect. Like, honestly, there's, I like Jeff Lemire's art, but there are times where, especially when it's talking things, like the, the body seems so stiff with his art. And I think he could have done better with a different person, you know, drawing it. But that's like the only real downside, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. That puts us to Joker. Uh, Joker number nine. I should really look up uh, the, the credits beforehand. It's written <laughs> by James Tynan, and the art is done by Stefano Raphael. And uh, yeah, Casey, where are you at on this one? Uh, I, I like this a lot. I like how they kind of like did a soft retcon of things and they did it and James did it in a very good way. Like there's times where, you know, like where everything's connected and all of that stuff. I like that. I thought that worked very well. I hate when they do this stuff and like it's not well thought out. And James, in my opinion, had everything very well thought out. So that worked superbly. I like the dude that, you know, made the Venom that crazy crazy guy and lady like, bane is awesome i got like if they were going to make this into a movie crazy venom guy i thought looked a lot like christoph waltz yeah and i'm I like see that he, he could actually play that role yeah <laughs> only downside is uh spoiler alert wouldn't be much for him <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> dude but, i i thought um, what I thought where this was gonna go was like a tie-in to like three Jokers, right? I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, they're like trying to clone the Joker. Um, but yeah, I really I liked Jim at the beginning, you know, kind of walking through all of his greatest traumas and stuff like that. Um, really, really makes me want Lady Bane to kill Joker because it's like, mm-hmm. man he really just ruined this man's life yeah so i mean yeah i i I enjoyed this one a good bit and i'm hoping old lady bane goes after them cannibals yeah me too and also what did you think about that last page reveal on who the talon was dude that was awesome yeah that was such a well thought out thing it's great i enjoyed that a good bit did you like that twist I did, dude. I like I I did a little <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, we're on to the main event. Punchline Chapter 9 by Sam Johns and James Tynan <laughs> with Rosie Campe on the art. Did you read it? I'm going to be honest, Casey. No, no I didn't. Yeah. I didn't read it. Didn't think so. Um Punchline has, you know, Orca captured because Punchline is better than everybody. And then Harper is coming up with, you know, a plan and she's learning more about punchline. Mm, sucks. Just sucks. It just brings down like this, <laughs> this good, good Joker book. It just brings it down. I don't get how anyone can like punchline. I really don't at all. Cause it's just such a bad character. It's just unenjoyable. Because at least when Joker has you know has crap planned out and like I don't like that either, but at least he's got a personality with it. She's just like an annoying high schooler, right? So yeah, I, I mean, just... I like I find myself chuckling, and it happens in this issue too. 
Jim shows up to this mansion. Everybody's dead. Joker's sipping tea and he goes, Jimbo, you made it. Like, yeah. I just love little stuff like that. It tickles me every time. <laughs> He's such a psycho. Yeah, you, you wish you had some psychopath that would call you like jk you made it <laughs> i sure don't please don't ever do that <laughs> yeah you hate you hate being called jakey i forget you know it, it it's just one of those things <laughs> so really quick this is like how much time do we have left because i have a funny luke story my old roommate uh we have 27 minutes okay so yeah this is enough time he used to do he did impressions all the time but he played uh, arkham the arkham city games or arkham knight one the one that had penguin in it with a like australian accent and our other roommate chase like luke would do the penguin impression every once in a while and he and then like to our roommate chase he went oh chase jaboy and chase would, like stop <laughs> <laughs> what uh i i remember he did an impression was it a bane impression one of the few times that i i would come to visit you at college yeah, he did because he did a Heath Ledger's Joker, which is awesome, like legitimately just really good. But then he also did a Bane. He did the Bane like early on in me knowing him. And then like we went to and he's like, it's not a good Bane. And then like we went to like a film club meeting and this kid did a really good one. He's like, hey, Casey, should I do my Bane impression? <laughs> I'm like, no, he's like, but, but it's like really good, right? It's better than his. I'm like, it's not, dude. Yours is not. <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't want to tell you this when we first met, but it's not very good. And he's like, Are you sh-? no, it's really good. I'm like, just not. shattered his and then, and then he's whole like, world. He's like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then he did it. Everyone's like, that was, that was good. He's like, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> Uh, he should have done his joker i know his joker his joker is legitimately awesome all right well what would you rate the book overall i'm giving it a seven because that punchline just brings it down every single time man and i I knew i'd be a little higher than you because of that i'm gonna go an eight yeah see that's that's what sucks every single every single time we have the joker book i'm like i for the most part i'm usually like i really liked it except for this punchline and it just brings it down yeah and you know they're probably going to collect all those backups into like a punchline trade and it's yeah just gonna be bad dude just wait 30 years from now when we got the 30 year anniversary of punchline it's gonna be great we're gonna be getting all these stories read re-upped it's gonna be awesome and then we can sell our first appearance for a lot of money yeah i do you have that one because i know i do i do have that one yeah all right because i didn't know if you because that was the uh that one tie-in to the justice league so I, you know i didn't hell arisen yeah hell arisen three yeah so Next up is Superman Action Comics 1036. And this is by Philip Kennedy Johnson and old normal person that's always on it on the art. Um, Daniel Sampier. Daniel Sampier. And what did you think of all of the different stuff that happened in this? So I'm gonna s- happened. It did. I'm going to say overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. When it when it lost me a bit is when Manchester Black is explaining 
why Superman looks different now. <laughs> yeah. Was that just me? No. Because Manchester no. Black is just like screaming their their plan. He's just like, it was an illusion the whole time. It's like, why did we need that? I mean, it's just to kind of explain because like Grant went a certain way with it. And then I think it's like Philip Kennedy Johnson's kind of gotta gotta keep keep up with it. But I want to know why is it that every artist now or like every new creation is just a ripoff of the Thanos kids. Yeah. Cause these, these guys look just like ripoffs too. Just like the ones in the death of Dr. Strange. Yep. It's black order 3.0. <laughs> and then, uh, so, and when it says in the golden age, Superman number 29, is that like the original Superman run number 29? I mean, that's what I took away from it. Okay. If it if it were Grant writing this, I would believe one hundred percent that that's the case. It could also just be the the that's the name of the arc, like Golden Age Superman twenty nine. You know, whatever. Right. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, did you like it overall? I did. I it didn't. I'll say this: I feel a little bamboozled because, like, this still doesn't explain why Superman was friends with the JFK at the beginning of Superman and the authority. But other than that, I still really liked it. Uh, like he, you know, Philip Kenny Johnson did a good job of actually, you know, giving all of the characters more time. I'm like with the uh, Batman Superman one, I, I felt and Mongol is just such a jerk. Like, wow. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm digging it. Like the only downside for me is just the Black Order ripoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, when when Superman realizes that all those people had been killed and he gets the tear in his eye, I was like, we're about to see him go absolutely bonkers. Yeah, but, and I think we will get to that. You know, when the time comes, can't wait to see it happen. Because I, you know, it's it's drawn so well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the art in it is great. And then, did you read the Tales of Metropolis backup? Uh no, I skimmed it and was like, nah, I don't need to. It's actually it was actually pretty good. And I'm not going to complain about this one. Like it's by uh, Sean Lewis and Sammy Basir on the art. The art is awesome. Should be on a full like on a just a full full time book instead of a backup, but. Yeah, so it's just the Guardian trying to figure out where all these kids went missing. And, you know, it's like this weird tech, go like, you know, Ouija board type game ghost guy that's like putting kids away. It's like, it's pretty interesting. And the Guardian's a cool enough character. I mean, he is backup. Like, that is a backup character if there's ever been one, though. But yeah, no, I like that. And I like the main story. So I'm going to give it a, I'm at another nine. Yeah. Um man. I, I hate doing like 0.5s, but I'm like 7.5. Oh wow. I'm just I'm just in between them a little bit. But like I said, that that Manchester Black thing just really kind of took me out of it for a minute. That, but otherwise I really did dig it. And I'm I looking gotcha. forward to the rest of it. Yeah. And now the one that I was most excited for. Take it away, buddy. <laughs> All right, we've got The Thing in number one. It's written by Walter Mosley and art by Tom Riley. 
And I'm going to say the color art as well by Jordi Belair. She is amazing. Mm-hmm. I have I have a feeling, Casey, that you dug this quite a bit, but go ahead and share your feelings. So I'm like I hate using the word things are like it, this is perfect for this book. The art is perfect for this book. So good. Like you got, you know, like the only thing I really didn't like is I don't understand. Like they didn't really do a good job of, of explaining this uh demon guy, how he kind of infected Ben Grimm, you know, like how that worked like you know just kind of like oh you're just this is just how it goes <laughs> yeah but i mean we get the thing we get hercules and hercules is you know not a mopey space guy like he is in al ewing's guardians he's a drunk <laughs> uh adulterer the way he should be <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I loved it. I I feel bad for Ben throughout the entire issue. It makes yeah. me really sad. Do you? So uh, you know, I I don't know even a fraction about the thing like you do. Is is that fiance like a, a reoccurring fiance, or is that something new? Well, they've been. I think I'm pretty sure in Dan Slots run, they're actually married now. That's Alicia Masters. You would know her from the movies. She was the same girl in the movies. Her whole thing is she's blind and she's a sculptor. Oh, okay. Sure. I think, sure. I think, don't quote me on this one, but I'm like 90% sure she is married or not married. She is the daughter of, oh, who's that? The dude, I think he's like in the second or third issue of Fantastic Four. He's the uh, puppeteer. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's his daughter. Okay. But I'm not 100 100% on that one. Yeah, I uh I mean, you know, I've not really read a whole lot of Fantastic 4, so I was just like I feel bad for Ben, but I don't really know who this gal is, so <laughs> Yeah. Cuz yeah, that's one thing that was pretty funny is and the dude overreacted. This dude was very chummy with alicia uh ben's lady and as ben and alicia are kind of arguing because ben's like why are you doing holding this you know this dude's arm and then she's like you know she kind of she didn't have to say this but really she's like i'm blind and he's guiding me so (laughs) but then the the dude sprays him in the face with like really powerful mace and then like ben Grimm can't see and he kind of swings his arm and in doing so just destroys a car and so then he gets arrested and he ends up in jail superhero jail with hercules who as he put it drank two bottles i think it was just i think it was only two bottles of absinthe with a couple ladies and then woke up here (laughs) see like I'm glad that you told me that she's blind because honestly, you you don't know if you don't know. I had no idea. So knowing that now it's like, oh, I don't feel because before I was like, why is she hanging on his arm like that? But but now it's like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, I think I mean, I think that's one of the things where uh, this book's intended audience is Fantastic Four fans. So like, yeah, it's like they, they should have explained even in like hindsight where it's like well i didn't bring my cane today honey well, you know that right right yeah i mean it 
at least at least you guys the audience are, are getting uh you know actual reactions from from the both sides here like yeah. the diehard thing fan like fantastic four fans and then somebody that's jumping in fresh but dude the art the art is so good i thought it was uh um gosh what's his name uh samney chris samney oh yeah like it looked a lot like like his art you know what i mean but yeah uh oh man just so good all right well what would you rate it i want to give it a 10 but there's little things with like that the the you know big bad in this that just weren't explained very well so i'm at a nine for it because of that but i absolutely loved it and it is gonna be my recommendation of the week okay um I, you know, I hate to do it, Casey, but I'm also giving it a nine. It was just that good. I'm giving it a three. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it was amazing. I hated it. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I'm really excited for the next one. I almost didn't pick this up. I was just like, I know Casey's excited for it. I want him to have somebody to talk to about it. So I'm going to read it too. Are you trying to guilt me into getting Nightwing? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're well, reading Thor, and that's enough for me. Oh, okay, good. So what books are you excited for this coming week, buddy? Sure. Um, Moon Knight, obviously, to the surprise of nobody. I'm liking that one a whole bunch. Um, the Robbins book. I hope that that's cool. Because, uh, you know, it's got all the Robins, even got Stephanie in it. I'm excited. And then, hmm, what is a good one? You know, blue and gold. Nice. Go blue and gold. What about you, bud? Um, I am going to say Dark Gages. I have to remember that because that's like one of those ones where I, I, like, I, I might forget because its title is not something that's you know memorable at all in my opinion but it is enjoyable i've been liking it uh aquaman the becoming and then nice house on the lake this is kind of a more of a eh, week coming up but whatever well the last couple have been pretty stacked so yeah all right you know i i could also have put in suicide squad or king shark both of those have been a delight yeah excuse me Okay, so I was just thinking because, like, you always hear stories online, and you'll also, if you've ever been to the gym, you get if you're at there at the like the wrong time, you get cornered by an old guy that tells you how strong he used to be. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, dude, please put pants on. I don't want to talk to you in the the locker room about how you used to squat 500 pounds. Okay. But um, it's like, get on my shoulders. I'll show you. (laughs) (laughs) Take your pants off first. Um, So I was just thinking like, you probably hear a lot of liars at the uh, old comic book shop. So just give me like four ridiculous lies that you get, you know, that you get to hear regularly. So the most basic one that I hear regularly is, um, there's and i'm explaining this to you casey because you're not around here most of the listeners here will know what i'm talking about but there is a store and several malls around st louis called v stock v's in vintage and they will do like a, a buy one get one or just like all back issues or a dollar and most of their back issues are just like 
super common stuff like it's whatever but i have so many people that are that'll come in and say i you know i got this 50 dollar book it was just sitting in there for a dollar and i'm sure some like every once in a blue moon that'll happen but you know people have tried to tell me some real doozies and that one comes up a lot um I think I've told this story on here before, but there was the guy that was just, he knew for a fact that Supergirl was now owned by Marvel. And like, you know, that's just one of those lies that really sticks with you. Um, I had a guy come in once who swore that he had Captain America number one. And I was like, I was like, oh, so like, you know, Captain America number 100, which was like his actual first solo series, or you have like some of the golden age stuff, like the timely comics. And he was just like, you're number one. (laughs) It's like, okay, you have no idea. (laughs) So Stanley in there was talking to you. Yeah. He ripped off a mask and he's like, it's me, Excelsior. Um, And then the most ridiculous one, this, this happened like within my first year of owning the shop, a guy came in, and he was like, where are your Overstreet price guides? And at the, I just, I had them on the shelf next to me. I'm like, oh, they're right here. Um, he's like, oh, okay. And he's flipping through it. And he's like, oh, so that's what my copy of Ama- Amazing Fantasy 15 is worth. And then he closed the book <laughs> and put it back on the shelf. And then he just left. That's awesome. And I was just like, dude, no, you don't no you don't that's hilarious yeah and dude you know he was guys like this have a type right and like you know when they're not telling the truth on this and this guy was lying i know he was but anyway those are my big ones i got you man have you come across any in your in your time no but i will say this on the on the uh point like owning the first issue of anything when i was a kid i went to an antique store and i bought spider-man number one and it told like todd his... mcfarlane no it was i was convinced it was the real deal and it had like it was it's basically like it's just a retelling of his origin story and it's just like they did an updated of amazing fantasy 15 like an updated oh, cover i'm like sure I'm just like, oh yeah, it's Spider-Man number one. I'm gonna be rich someday. <laughs> and your dad who bought it for you is probably just like, what a fucking idiot. It was actually, I'm pretty sure it was my mom. I was like, I was talking about this, like I was like whispering at the, at the antique store that we got from like, we can't let them know how good this is. <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. Uh when when was your bubble burst over that? I mean, not not super long because I was like, I don't think this is really number <laughs> one. Like a couple, you know, and then like I actually looked at the price of it like recently because I was like, yeah, but it's like still like Spider Man. It might might be something more than two dollars. I think it might be a dollar fifty. Oh, that's great. All right, man. I think that's the end of the episode. I think so too. I, I do want to share like a funny tweet that Dan Slot actually said the other day. So I don't follow Dan, but people liked it. And I was like, this is actually pretty great. I need to share it on a podcast. 
one of his neighbors knows he works in comics and so the dude like it's this old man i guess and he's like so how's captain marvel doing and he's like oh she's you know she's good and he's like she (laughs) and he's like yeah he you know she's been a woman for a while now and he's like what happened to the original one like well you know there's you know there and he started naming off all the other ones that they had and like in the first one died of cancer he's like died of cancer how did he when when did this happen and he's like like back in the 80s and he's like poor billy and then he's like no 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 he's shazam now he's in dc he's he is fine he is still doing his (laughs) thing and he's like oh thank goodness (laughs) that's hilarious wholesome old man yeah it's just great I was like, this is my favorite thing dan slot's written in a long time <laughs> for sure all right folks thanks for tuning in but now we'll do the closing plugs if you would please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the page a like you can also find us on twitter at two underscore worlds underscore pc and on instagram at two worlds pod you can email us at twoworldspodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on YouTube. You can just search Two Worlds Podcast and uh, subscribe to the old channel. And drop a comment. Tell us the time that you've lied to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we'd love to stay in chat, but I'm going to go put on Jake's coat and dance around a little bit. Bye, guys. Bye.